did Limp Bizkit actually say the name of their band like themselves? Limp Bizkit! Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you're right. All the time, actually. Now that you yeah. said it like them... That was their whole song. Like, it like it was flared up all the like dormant memories of my mind that I yeah. blocked off from listening to that music. It was like that in aphorisms for sexual acts. They're, they're and like, buttholes. They're like some Those bands two. that... All of like America and the world, it's just like, yeah, we're just all gonna forget that we like <laughs> yeah. them. <laughs> yep, and that was one of them. That's like I shamefully words. was really big into Limp Bizkit when I was younger. Well, the because uh, it was like safe rap, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the telltale sign for me that they were uh, super washed up was that I heard they were playing at a gas station somewhere. No way, and I believed it. <laughs> oh, okay, because <laughs> I actually ended up I looking see. it like, up. It was like a rumor that you'd heard. I, like I thought, I thought about it for more than. A uh, second and went nah. <laughs> but then you were like, but what if it was true? Yeah, and, like looked it up. So I like I went like that can't be true. And it took too long to get there. <laughs> so yeah, I love that your internal like metric <laughs> is the gas station. I, I think you were just too worried about missing the show. You're like, which gas station? <laughs> which gas station? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was it a golf? Seventy yeah. six. Golf? Are those around anymore? I don't know. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever. Um, this is a really good podcast. Hi, and welcome to Story. This is the podcast where we take one piece of media and adapt it into another form of media. I.e., take a video game and adapt it into a film or adapt a TV show. Do you know what we do here? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't sound like you do. Um, What do we do, Sean? Uh, Today, we're going to talk about Papers, Please. Uh, The indie game came out in 2012, maybe 13. Yeah, around Um, that time. And it's a pretty rad game. You should play it. It's got an iPad now, and that's a great way to play. Oh, really? Yeah. That's Um, awesome. But we're going to turn it into a television series, a sort of episodic uh, television series in the vein of like a Mad Men or The Americans or something along those lines. Yeah, maybe Fargo. Maybe Fargo. All of those are television series as well done. Yeah. <laughs> series is, is what I said. Yeah. So yeah, maybe welcome aboard. Shut the fuck up. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. That's a show. <laughs> yeah. He's naming like, shows? Is that what well, we're that's, doing? That's why, that's why we give examples. Your so local people think we're going to just do anything. We're not going to just turn it into, you know... Hill Street Blues, for instance. Shit. Do you, have you ever watched that? Do you remember this? I have. I've seen an episode. Yeah. Does that count? One episode? Yep. I had to watch it in school. <laughs> Weird. Why did you have to watch it in school? Because I had a genre TV class where we took, once a week, we watched four episodes of a different genre huh. and dissected what defined the genre. That's and cool. that was a cop drama episode. It was like that, The Shield, something else, and something else. Oh, man. The Shield. The memorable other shows. Yep. Well, All right. Well, well goodbye. here we are. <laughs> let's, let's let's kick it off. Papers, please. Yeah. So uh, you know, we should probably describe the game a little bit first before we get into it. It's uh, basically a game where you um, it, 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 it it touts itself as a dystopian document thriller. I think. Which is such a good way. Yeah. It's such a bizarre. Like, what is that? I just want to check it out because it seems so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, and it's it, you know you sort of play as this sort of Eastern Bloc um, unnamed. Uh, checkpoint guard. Well, it's, it, oh, during your character's on yeah, game. your yeah. character is this sort of unnamed uh, guy who sort of is a is a checkpoint guard at, in an old school sort of Soviet uh, USSR era. Um, Aristotska. Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. specifically Russia, even though it couldn't be more obviously Russia. Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's it's very Russian in its sort of presentation, and I mean, but it could be Yugoslavia, it could be anywhere that's any yeah, Baltic, Baltic region, yeah, Baltic Georgia. I mean, yeah. it, but it, you, you're a border. Garden, you have to basically look at the papers and decide 
to let people through or not let them through. That's your whole the whole game. It uh, sounds like because you guys talked about. I played it more recently than than you guys. And it sounds like such a bore. It sounds yeah. like such a job. Yeah, it's hard to pitch. Yeah, yeah it's a job. you literally are playing a job. Yeah, you're literally just playing. A, you're being a customs agent, <laughs> like at the airport, essentially. But it's way more interesting than that. Well, now so. that job just seems so exciting. Like customs at the airport. Like hell yeah, I play that game. Yeah, it's weird. It's a weird thing to sort of be like, oh, this is the kind of game. This is my like, dream project to like make this game. Uh, but it ended up being really rad because there's other things to juggle besides just doing the job. You know, you have a certain amount of hours in the day to process X amount of people, and the amount of people you process equals how many, you know, currency you take home. And then once you get home, there's a phase in the evening where you have to pay for heat and food and sometimes medicine for your family. Um, and so you are juggling these plates of, I want to filter as many people through the, the border as I possibly can, uh, mixed with, like, if I screw up and get the paperwork wrong or I check the wrong box and I get penalized and I get a bunch of, like, pink slips and I lose money. So you're, like, I want to go as fast as I can, so I'm trying to skim as much as I can, but then you make mistakes and miss discrepancies on the forms. Um, and then you have less money and that can, like, snowball. Like, if you don't have enough heat and things are too cold in your house, like, people will get sick and you start spending money. And then you have to spend money on medicine. Right. Yeah. So there's a lot of, sort of, like, timers you're juggling, which is really interesting, and then other sort of... Uh, conspiratorial threads start popping up about you know are there terrorists trying to infiltrate the space and sometimes people will try to like hop the hop the uh, fence and they'll get shot by the guards and it's like crazy stuff starts to happen over time you sort of like get into that routine for the first period of the game where you're just literally clocking and clocking out and you almost get into like a, like a zone where you're just kind of doing the job and nothing. And the game starts throwing you curveballs, right? Right. Like it's like uh, somebody will, you know, not have the right papers, and you know they don't have the right papers, and they basically, you you're sort of looking at this nebulous blob that it represents a face, uh, procedurally generated across the uh, across the, the counter, and they're asking you to let you let them in because they're sick, or they they have a family on the other side, or you know, there's all these things that kind of come up that uh, you know probably get put on a real patrol guard, and you have a lot of power. Mm. And that you can let them through. You can stamp the document and you can let them through. But if you do that and you get caught, then you're both in trouble. Uh, so it's a, it's a lot of, like, really interesting sort of, um, you know, as you would, uh, human stories coming through that, that gate. And uh, that's kind of where, where we feel like, um, you know, we're going to expand the, the, the narrative a little bit mm. beyond just going and sitting. There's only the, two scenes. It's just like the, in the booth. two All seven there. seasons take place in that booth, in the booth <laughs> or in your in your apartment. So before we go too far, I kind of want to ask you both: How did you play? Because I was like hardline. Like if you have the wrong paperwork, get the fuck out. Like sorry, your wife made it through and you didn't, buddy. Like that's mm. the way it is. And I was pretty much like cold and calculating and heartless when it came to. When it came to people like, please, 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 I know this paperwork's not quite right. Can you please let me in anyway? I'd be like, nope. Like, get to the back of the line. I don't know how you guys played. I mean, I, I played a lot of it um, in a couple of week period. You know, I kind of just mainlined it for a little while, and I played it in a couple different ways because I, you, you know, you, you, you get days. You get the the number of days you get in the game. It ends differently depending on how far you get and what you do, and uh, so. Couple, like initially, I was really sort of hardline, and I was more lenient when I started playing it on people who had stories, mm. uh, and I felt like I was trying to help them out. Or I'm suspicious of like there's like an old man who shows up, 
Uh, the little short guy? kind of like, um, I don't know what's going on with my papers. Can you help me? And he hands you, like, a hot dog bun. <laughs> and it's just, like, this really and, weird... And, like, a 20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's, like, a, immediately suspicious of this guy. Um, so there were things like that. And then the next time through... Uh, because the cool, the cool thing about the game is the more you play it, the more you learn the rules, so you can actually get faster at processing papers. Um, but they keep also throwing more things in, like the government changes things, like the requirements all the time, and there's like a rule book you have to follow. So once you start learning that, um, you know, I started getting really hardline, but then there were certain things I started getting interested in, like the fifth time through, like, like there's like this, and this always happens, but you know, you get this sort of like, if you get far enough, um, somebody comes and slips you a thing and says, like, uh, we're the underground, basically. Yeah. You should uh, let this person through in a little while. But that guy, by the way, pretty clearly the underground. Yeah, yeah. He's wearing, like, a hood and his like, so face is obscured. It's like a like... druid hood. <laughs> <laughs> and his eye matches the logo. Yeah, the, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I didn't even notice that. That's it's, good. But I just wanted to make sure that that was... It's like, it's like all those, like, Hacker Underground things like uh, that have their like logo on their shirt or like like in Watch Dogs like too. Like the dude, yeah, like the guy's like yeah. wearing the, like a DeadSec logo on his hat. And it's like, so it's like an underground hacker group. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it seems dumb. Don't, don't get in the line like this. Did you yeah. did you get all the way through the line with this hood up? Um, but yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, anyway. You know, for me, it was it was about you know getting interested in that and wanting to see where it went. And so uh, you know, there's a lot of threads you can pull. Um, as a player, you can kind of, you know, decide what you want to, what you get interested in, what you want to see happen. Uh, but you do also have to balance your family's welfare on the other side of it, which is, uh, which is difficult. I played, um, I only got to play it twice. I am newer to it, like I said, than you guys are. Um, but once we decided, I played through twice. And the first time, I was definitely much more kind of lenient on mm. people, you know, especially the, uh, the people who are more obviously, who, are, who I thought were more obviously trustworthy or earnest or you know like there was there's a like some sort of like sex worker that comes through and she hands you the strip club card they come visit me here I'm coming to work in Arstotska or whatever the hell the name can you imagine like a like a like eastern block strip club would be like (laughs) fuck but then but then she's like and please don't let this one guy in you know because he's gonna come and he's gonna find me and he's gonna like make my life awful or like sell me into sex slavery you know where she was like a stripper or whatever so, like, when that guy came, he had the right papers, so I, but I didn't let him through, you know, and you get penalized. And all kinds of stuff like that. Like, I was definitely feeling more um, sympathetic towards people, which is weird because, as you said, they're kind of just, like, this amorphous, procedurally generated face that doesn't even emote, really. Um, yeah. But, uh, and then... Oh, that's Aristotelian. Can you please not be so, like, close-minded? But then you let some people in and... Sorry, Aristotelians. Um... What I, what was so interesting and, impre- and impressive about the game was, is, to me, was that it really like puts you in the shoes, like without like having it feel heavy-handed. Like you literally, you lose points, and you're trying. To, the whole point of the game is to keep your family alive, and you don't make enough money to keep your family alive. Um, if you don't make enough money, they die. So like. You know, you let, like, one person... One of these people I had sympathy for, like, ended up being, like, a terrorist or something, and they blew up the the thing, and I lost money because the thing shut early that day, mm-hmm. you know? Like, so it made me really start to be really careful about letting people in, and then, like, one of the guards comes up to you at some point, and he's like, if you keep detaining people... If you detain two people a day, I'll give you more money, because I get more money the more people I interrogate, and it's like... 
it was really cool, like, how they used, like, the point system to actually make you kind of reflect on what this kind of situation would be like, you know, without it feeling boring and super, like, politically motivated and really just keeping the... You don't need any of that, right? It's like, it's yeah, all human stuff. It's in the game, yeah. Yeah, it's all, but, it, but at the same time, it, it, it doesn't so much better than if they just told me, right? you know, if they just did a heavy-handed... Um, so it, as I went on, like I just got tired of getting fucked and stuff, you know. Yeah. Like, like I, I was intrigued by the secret organization, but um, you know, I took their paperwork and gave it to my. Well, the other interesting thing is you don't know you don't know if you're working for the good guys or not, really. Yeah, you know, it's like there is this sort of oppressive nature to the aesthetic and to you know you know it's you you're obviously destitute. Your house is you know. You got to pay a lot to keep the heating on. It feels like there's corruption going on, but at the same time, this organization could be a terrorist organization, and you don't really know. You know, we uh, they give you like little no- newspaper clippings, uh, and it could be that, but it, but it's it could be that the government is telling you things that you that they need you to believe about them, or it could be that those headlines are real. You know, I, and and you just don't know as a as a player. So it's kind of an interesting like dissonance that helps the game in a yeah. way. Yeah, I think that, you know, there is that sort of us versus them that forms in your head as you play that game where it's like, listen, like I can't do the, th- I can't be kind and help you out because my family needs this money. Like, I have to do my job properly or I need to be corrupt and like detain people because sorry I'm making your life shitty but my life is also shitty and I have people that I am responsible for taking care of so as much as I might want to allow someone in or prevent someone from coming in uh, to sort of save a person or, or sort of like follow a story thread you know there is always that sort of pull back to like I have a family that I'm responsible for and the game ends when they die I mean, it ends a bunch of different ways, but one of the ways it can end is if they die. So you are, and I talk about this a lot, but like as far as a game design game design goes, like you and the main character are both motivated by the same thing, which is not letting your family die. Because if your family dies, the game ends, and no player wants the game to end, right? You want the game to keep going. So like you and the player, you, like you said, Chris, like you really feel like you're in that guy's shoes because he obviously the character doesn't want his family to die, um, and you have to make decisions based on that like fulcrum, where like I want to help people and be a nice person and not be corrupt and shitty and sort of like further the corruption of the government. But I also have a much more personal thing to deal with, which is just my family. Yeah, what's really cool about it, too, is it's like, it doesn't, in a lot of these decisions, like, to detain people and stuff, it's not just you abusing power. You don't have a detain button, like, right off the bat. It's like, they'll have, like, incorrect paperwork or something. Like, they have, so, like, there's a, the opportunities present themselves, and you're at least kind of justified. Do you know what I mean? It's not just so black and white ever that you're just detaining this person to be a piece of shit <laughs> like they're, they're, they did something wrong and clearly like whether it was like you know like just an actual mistake like somebody like whoever printed their passport had a wrong thing printed or they're actually it's actually fake and they're terrorists and they're coming in you don't know you know what I mean like yeah. you can't tell in any situation what is the actual case and, some, and a lot of times they'll give you excuses like I don't know why that happened you know I'm really I thought this was legit can I please come through? You know, and like, it's really good at designing the choices around that, that kind of principle. It's never just, are you going to be a piece of shit to get the money? You know, this person could be a terrorist. You could get more money for detaining them. You could let them go. They seem fine. You know, I just thought that's really interesting about it too. It's never so, it's not easy. No choice was easy. Yeah. And I, I also, what's cool about it is that you, you can't tell what people's motivations are. Not only because the game is so, 
sort of short and simple, and the characters are just text. They're just giving you text boxes. When someone's like, I think, you know, I, I am this person and I have these goals, you just sort of have to look at that and take it at face value and be like, I don't believe you based on, you know, X, Y, Z, or I have to believe you, and then you turn around and fucking, you know, the trench coat comes off and a bunch of bombs, like, they, they kill themselves and a bunch of people. Um, and then the next person comes through, is like, I, I'm, the, I'm a good guy, though. And you're like, well, fuck, I, like, I let another guy through who I thought was good, so now I'm going to have to judge all my mistakes based on that stuff, which, again, I'm sure is really what happens to people in those situations where you might bend a rule for someone because you have a soft heart, and then that comes back to to haunt you when that person actually was just screwing with you and taking advantage of you emotionally and then it sort of like trickles down the line to everyone else in that line who now you know everything you every time you meet someone and they give you a sob story you have to think about it through that lens yeah yeah it, 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 it does a great job too putting you in situations where yeah I remember they introduced like a, a, a scanner like a body scanner yeah and just um, you know having to put an old lady through a nude body scanner yeah it's just completely embarrassing nice yeah and they 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 ask you not to do it and but you know you have to because you you've learned already that you can't trust anyone uh maybe but you know like it's just it's just really great because all it is is clicking a button or just clicking a stamp you know what i mean and that's the great thing about it it's like that button's blinking it's right there it's like detained or whatever you know and you can click it but you could also just say like approved you know, yeah. At any point in the process, while you're looking at paperwork, you can just approve them. Like you don't have to go through any like system of check marks to like right. check off all their paperwork. You can just ignore all their paperwork and say approve or yeah, decline. And you or decline. Yeah. And you're deciding whether or not you want you're like you want to believe in this this old lady. You know, like is she is she telling the truth or are we going to find a gun on her? Is it Tom Cruise in a mask? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, super that happened in my life. Oh man, Tom Cruise showed up. Yeah. <laughs> it, the whole game is actually just a, a marketing stunt for the next Mission Impossible movie. Yeah. It just yeah. fades to the Lego logo of the next Mission Impossible movie. Oh man, the Belco VR right thing. Yeah, classic. Um, so it seems so, like it so. has all the trappings for a really good television show. Well, like, yeah, like I mean, you have the family uh, on the other side. You have the the job, which is important and becomes increasingly important. And then you have, you know, a lot of, um, I think we'd add external threads to it. Like, that'd be one thread. Like, if you were going to do, you know, a guy uh, whose job it was to kind of be a doc work or document uh, process person at a checkpoint, there's not an entire story around that, but it feels like maybe there's, like, a main, that's the A line, the A story, and then there's, like, a B story and the levels of government somewhere or in the terrorist organization, quote-unquote, or something along those lines. I feel like there's a lot you could do with that world. Um, sort of a fictionalized Soviet Union. Yeah, I think it'd be hard to just... You'd have to expand beyond that booth, like, pretty quickly. Just because yeah. by the sheer nature of what that that job is, like, you couldn't have a lot of pe- repeat people come through there, which would mean... You have all these like endless story threads that are still happening, you know, and they do it well in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the people only come back if you let them, if you don't let them through, you know. Yeah. And those so, don't feel like stories that would be told. Uh, you know, it feels like the, the, those would those would happen, but you would also have like the guy getting approached outside of the booth by the terrorist organization or by people who know what he does for a living and ask for his sis- you know the help of the sister or have his, somebody within his own family need it or you know there's a lot of threads you could pull just sort of inherent in the, the job rather than um, 
you know, have it be purely about doing the job. Mm. You know, this is a bad pitch, probably, but I feel Great like start. I, I, feel, I feel like I want to explore it at least as a possibility. Um, it's just something to think about. It might leave a more interesting thought, but I hate it already. Like, <laughs> uh, you've already oversold it. Well, like we don't get this kind of TV show too often anymore because we have so much serialized narratives. There's so many serialized narratives like like Breaking Bad or Mad Men or what's on now actually and not five year old shows. But um there used to be shows like Murder She Wrote and like The Love Boat and like <laughs> where you'd have like your staple cast, you know what I mean? But then you'd have like you'd, the story of the week would be on a different um kind of person. You know what I mean? Where I feel like there is a version of the show that could exist that way where, you know, you'd have your 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 gatekeeper sort of um, border clerk, and then he he would be kind of like a framing character, kind of like a Sandman ish kind of like he he exists in or he is like a Columbo or Angela Lansbury, and, and he kind of like watches Jessica Fletcher, please. Uh, we'll call him Angela Lansbury in the show, <laughs> <laughs> but like where they they do exist in the story, but they're not the main driving force. They're just kind of witnessing, you know, sort of the crypt keeper. Yeah, detective. Well, they're more involved <laughs> wow. than the keeper, yeah. than a little three foot Muppet. Yeah, but uh, but something something like that is possible, I think, with this because of the sheer nature of the guy just being stuck in the booth. Like, like what what every week he'd have a different story come yeah. through. We follow that story and it would connect back up somehow or not. You know, like the, whether it be tonally or. Um, it wouldn't be serialized. I can see a version of that working. So, like, the the, the Jessica Fletcher version um, feels too convenient because it's... You, uh, really, Quantum Leap is what we're looking at here, right? Right, like, yeah. That's like, actually a better Quantum Leap show is like, hey, like, this week we're solving this person's problem and here's how we're doing it. Um, but I feel like that doesn't... It feels out, It feels dated. I think you could get away with doing something, though, where every week you would have a thread, like, a, or not every week even, you, but you would have a side story about one of those people, and then you'd see them interacting in some way at the checkpoint, or maybe not. Um, maybe you'd build it over the season, you know? I mean, you're, you're, you're pitching it serialized. I, that, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but I feel like the structure of it means that that... Now you just... It feels almost like they're getting judged by him if, if that way, whereas the other way... The, 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 the spirit of the game is that you have to be the judge. Right. And I think we would lose that idea, you know, seeing it from both sides every time. Or especially since it wouldn't revolve around the same character and you wouldn't get an idea of his values over time and that kind of thing changing if it was a different, you know, border guard every time or a different... You know, very different scenario where he's he's not the main character. You know what I mean? It would just it, I don't know if he would get the the sort of like a level thread that carries through a season where um, you like the thing about those old television shows like Quantum Leap or uh, Love Boat or whatever is like you didn't really ever have to watch them in order. You could just kind of like pick one out, and it was its own self-contained thing, beginning, middle, and end, and that was it. It never really advanced any sort of like larger. Well, the structure the of stuff. it. I mean, the structure of it supported that. You know, Quantum Leap is like he's just leaping around trying to get home, and yeah. he's at random leaps in. Um, I don't know. I mean, did, did you were you imagining there be like a um, like how how would you fold that in? Well, I think actually a better version would be like X Files, 
Mm-hmm. It would be a, like a better sort of thing to map to because X Files had they had the ongoing mythology episodes, but then they had so many months yeah, of the week episodes right. where the larger narrative would get forwarded. It just wouldn't be in every episode. Do you know what I mean? And then you kind of had Mulder and Scully, who more than most procedurals had pretty well defined characters mm-hmm. that like, but 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 they did have that kind of like witnessing detective trying to just put the pieces together. Um, goal in most episodes. There weren't that usually, I mean, Mel Mulder had his, they, they had the same like kind of like backstory things that were affecting, like Mulder wanted things to be true and Scully was always trying to find the scientific answer. But, you know, they kind of were pretty static in a lot of episodes, but over the course of They the, never accomplished anything. Yeah. yeah. yeah the whole show is them just not, they, they barely, either barely witness something, one of them sees something, the other one didn't see it. I love it. Yeah, they never get any proof. What I love is and that they, they never they never fix anything. Right. The the best part about that show, <laughs> if you if, if we, I've gone back, I've been watching it all the way through. Like I'm like season six now. The best part about it is just the hoops the writer has to jump through to separate Mulder and Scully and have Scully like fall and like get knocked unconscious or like lose something and be looking on the ground or like be turned away when some crazy like alien thing happens or a monster shows up or some very obviously yep this is really happening and, and only Mulder is seeing it yep, she's and in she the bathroom goes, yeah and she turns around and goes what did I miss and it's just gone and <laughs> yeah. it was just here the aliens were just here okay alright take it easy you know uh, but they had to keep doing that for so many seasons they had to keep coming up with more outlandish reasons why she just continues to just like be not looking in the right direction yeah I feel like that's why they were like separated doing things a lot yeah you know what I mean it's like Mulder would go I'm gonna go talk to this person and then Muscle would be like well I'm gonna do an autopsy yep and then it was just like you know oh if they're not together then we don't have to worry about it exactly Uh, I feel like they kind of got smart about that for a while because yeah for a while it was just like somebody turned the corner faster than the other person yep (laughs) or uh, yeah the only only thing about that and I, I do like your pitch a lot actually I think that the thing about X Files is they can sort of keep the formula fresh because they can go to lots of different locations. Yeah. Like, they go to Canada, they go to, you know, Russia, Russia yeah, they go to Antarctica, yeah. but I don't know, and, and we haven't really gotten to that, so maybe that's, we could do that in this show, and that's it's a very different formula from the game. Um, but it, at first glance, on, on a shallow pass, it definitely feels like you are in a city and you have some, like, key location, or like, even, like, house, like, like the show, where... It's a hospital. They're always it's the same cast of characters. People come in with different weird problems that have to be solved, and by the end of the day, either they live or they die. And then you just sort of like wrap it up, and that's a wrap. And you come back next week and do the same thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I guess you know that's why I meant by the structure not supporting it because it's like you know Columbo goes places. Uh, whatever the fuck his name is from Quantum Leap, Scott Bakula goes places. It is Scott's character's name. Yeah, um, you, you know, Mulder's Gully they go places, but this feels like it's very much locked down inside this oppressive society. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like there's a lot to be mined from going, like, not not just going to the booth. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine a lot of the episodes are, like, sitting in the, you know. Oh, funny, I thought every single episode would just be 30 minutes of him just standing there. <laughs> yeah. Just watching him match. Yeah. a lot of close-ups <laughs> of looking at papers and looking at, like, <laughs> the male-female checkboxes on both papers, yeah. But, I mean, you know, a lot of it's discussing with his wife what's going on, what what he had to do, and, like, seeing him have to do something every now and again, it's, like, really, you know, like, sort of heart-wrenching how that affects his life and the life of other people, and, like, whether he mentioned it to anybody or um, somebody, seeing somebody he knows uh, go through this and trying to help them out in some way and not being able to or getting detained himself or, um, you know, like, a movie like The Lives of Others, I don't know if you've seen that, but, like, you know, it's... 
it's very much about just living in that society and what that does to everyone. Mm. And um, you know, that movie is very much. You know, I don't want to spoil it for you guys because you haven't seen it. Um, but you know, it, it's it's about somebody who do, whose job it is to do something like this, learning. You know, to not think the same way. Mm. Um, and I think that there's so much to be said for making just a te- like a tense or bleak drama based in uh, there, you know obviously heat, like paying people is hard to come by um, or, or paying people for heat is something you have to do like is that because of corruption do you have to like slip a guy extra money do they stop doing that in any point of the show do they do they fight against it do they try to move um, you know somebody is getting sick like there's a sort of natural drama built into the art of the game as it is and then I think in addition to that like having something like a thread where you see the other side of one of these people who does get desperate enough to like leap over the fence and try to try to get through the checkpoint by themselves or who uh, who gets to the to the checkpoint and you know you've seen their story up to this point and you're wondering the tension comes from whether or not our main character based on who they are at the time is going to let that person through because you've seen their they have a noble goal and if there's going to be, be any repercussions for the main character <laughs> coming from the government, even if the person that they let through is, is just and good and the choice was just and good, like right. the government has no feeling for that sort of thing. So exactly. seeing the government turn around and be like, you shouldn't have done that, and like the repercussions of a system pushing down on a person who is a good person and trying to do the right thing and then sort of like breaking down his ability to do that over time is, is bleak and interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I do think you could fold in like, like a like a, a kind of movie of, the, uh, movie of the week, a Monster of the Week version of of problems, but I don't think it would be every week. And I feel like you might have threads that would kind of build and culminate through the season and kind of be elliptical, in which, like, you have one that kind of closes out at some point, and then another one's introduced earlier than that, and then that one kind of closes out late at some, at some point, or maybe some of them are longer, things that go over seasons. People show up when you don't expect them to come back. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, I th- yeah, I think, that, I think that's true. And Somebody comes for revenge once, you know? Yeah. And I haven't seen Mad Men, but I feel like that's a good... You can't say that in the podcast. You can't just say that out loud. We're supposed to just like get away with never watching Mad Men. I've now seen, everyone knows. I've seen some of it. I haven't finished it. Okay. So I haven't watched all the seasons yet. But um, but what I have seen, it is very, you know, you're in the ad agency for most of it. You know, it's very, so very personal. Um, but I think, and I think what you were talking about, like, maybe a quarter of each episode will take place at the most at the booth, mm-hmm. you know? And a lot of it will take place with this family. Well, it's not even just the booth. It's, like, where they go, where do they work? Right? Well, it's the, co-workers and, like, the, yeah. that but, company. Right? That's what I mean. Yeah. But, like, it, you, you'll see... The more interesting thing to watch, probably, is how the, the decisions he makes there and the scrutiny under which he is um, monitored. Mm-hmm. Like then affect the rest of his life. Right. And I'm using the him. It can be a she. I don't care. I, I don't know at this point. Um, but, but I think that is interesting grounds for it. Um, I think if that's the case, though, like then you got to think about the the slow arc. I think that you want to have, and I think like this might be the obvious route. But then you'd have to have something where like he starts. You start the show, and he's either already kind of has this cleric job that he's kind of thinks that he's got to hang on, and then like for some reason somebody comes one day that just he wants to give um, leniency towards or something, and they slip through, 
and it seems small, but then we end up finding out later that it was bigger, and it's also because of, like, him doing that and going against his kind of code, or, or what he promised to his country, like, he's worried about being watched, and there's, like, a big brother feeling, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, which is one of the best things about that book I love, is, like, for so long... The book? I only saw the read the book Big Brother or 1984. Oh, okay, there you go. I didn't see the title of the book. <laughs> yeah, 1984. Oh, Big Brother. Yeah, actually, this book about uh, you know big, about your big what brother. it's like to have a big brother. You give it to like he's always watching. Be you. a big brother. You give it to some some kid who's about to have a, a little son. I was gonna say. Wow. I mean, brother or sister. Anyway, but what's so good about that book? What's so good about that book to me is that they draw out whether or not they they're watching him for so long. Yeah, you don't he, know if they know. It's more his paranoia that, that weighs on him than not having any sign whatsoever yeah, that they're yeah. actually watching him. Yeah. Um, which would be cool for this too. And then he, that just having that paranoia would affect other parts of his life and the decisions he makes. And I think that like you'd have to have that kind of event in the pilot. I think to do. I think you would. Yeah, something like. Um, I think the idea of him letting somebody through he shouldn't have is good. And I also feel like, you know, maybe upping the stakes in terms of, like, you know, what the job is in the first episode would be good. Like, like we're at war now uh, with another country, so you have to be extra careful. Um, it's something he's told. You know what I mean? Like, he has been doing it for a while, but it's been a pretty easy job, and now um, unrest is happening. And it just gives everything an air of sort of... Um, mystery and uncertainty and it gives them more to worry about as a family like what does this mean for our nation what does this mean for us um am i helping or hurting is our government doing the right thing or not um it gives them a lot to kind of you know drama about yeah i think that the idea and and this might be a little too on the nose or too obvious but the idea just that like he starts out fully well at least partially like with you know, having faith in his government and saying like look this is not great but it's for the it's for like the the protection of the of the, of the government and the, and the country and you know and over time just having that government like you do everything right and then suddenly the government just is you make one wrong decision or you do something wrong no matter how many accolades you've built up over time it's just like in the gulag with you and just having your government sort of betray you in that way um and have him realize that you know there's the government's pressing down on him as much as He's pressing down on everyone else. I mean, that's definitely an easy get um, for a country like that. But I think there's definitely something interesting in this person who does this job and is a part of the system, and then somehow the system still grinds him up. Not just with, like, the shittiness of the job, but the fact that the government being so, like, you know, not corrupt or not, but just being so hardline about everything, if as soon as you screw up or step out of line, um, even for the right decision or the right the right purposes... Um, like noble purposes you just are immediately kicked out there's no room for discussion there's no room for like understanding it's just get the fuck out so his many years of like valuable service are just like wiped clean his life is kind of ruined over that I think that's definitely something really interesting about that yeah and visiting the humanity in that system too I mean I I feel like uh, you know not everybody is going to agree with what they're doing um, and you you, but you do it anyway for your own reasons, or you don't. Uh, it's just a government there's penalty. With- there's not penalty. Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a lot to be said for having there be guards you encounter who are on the checkpoint. Who there's a corrupt guard, you know, who's trying to get him to do something, and there there seems to be danger in not doing it. But like, he could tell somebody about that and get him in trouble. And does that get him in further trouble? You know, or. Uh, you know, going back to the resistance people, like if you if he ends up getting involved in that in some way, or somebody in the family does, and he finds out about it and worries about it, um, there's a lot to be 
kind of mind for that, or like painting those uh, the resistance members as terrorists at, mm. the, at the start of the show, and then it turning out to be so that that being the thing he finds out is is actually bullshit um, via the, his job in some way. You know, he sees something that happens to one of these people that didn't deserve it. They were just trying to get food to some people on the other side of the border, or. Whatever it ends up being, I mean, there's just a lot of sort of inherent um, that Big Brother aspect does bring a lot of sort of inherent tension to the pro- the project as a whole, and I think you can mine that for all it's worth. I mean, I think I think taking it in, in that direction, but then one thing that could be really cool to maintain from the story and the thing that we were talking about, or the game that we and, and the things we were talking about that we liked about it would be like he sees it. And, like, it's not clear what's happening. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, either he sees the resistance people doing something more human, you know, as you were talking about, or he sees something that kind of makes it feel like they might be made up. Do you know what I mean? Like, like, like being like, tested? Yeah, like, yeah. they might be government-created. Like, like, in 1984, how they had, like, all this, like, war propaganda for wars that weren't, he wasn't even sure if they were actually happening. Right. Like like this is this might be somebody like like a like an actor of sorts mm. who's acting like there's this resistance just to kind of keep fear and to keep the power. It's kind of like a mystery shopper, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. A retail job. Yeah, but I mean, but not playing it in like a cheap way. Like having it be yeah. having all those beats be very very um, good, ambiguous. <laughs> well, ambiguous. Like yeah. it's not. It's, he sees just a, it's like minor stuff. Yeah, that just doesn't settle him, and he can't tell. You right. know, it's like not. It's not so yeah, spelled like, out. D- like there's a long, there's a whole season's worth of, of uh, whether you trust someone who's doing this or not, and you keep you know it keeps encountering them. It's like every t- two episodes or so, or you know, if you do a ten episode season, you know you have four or five episodes that that person is in, and you know it, it ends up being do or die time. But it maybe uh, maybe it's a trap, and there's a reason for us to believe it's a trap. There's a reason for him to believe it's a trap. Um, you know, and eventually the, the leap of faith is the end of the season or whatever. And then we yeah. find out in the third season which of the things are more interesting. But, like, yeah, I, I feel like there's a lot to, to do with that sort of um, who who do I trust? And, and uh, like, seeing one of, the, one of the things that would be interesting about it to me is, like, you know, that, that, that culture of paranoia feels like it would breed a lot of kind of unrest even between families mm-hmm. and between friends. You know, you hear about that kind of stuff all the time um, from, like, Civil War days and, um, you know, Nazi Germany and um, just places where, you know, people turn on each other because they were fearful for their own lives. Um, and just seeing that sort of thing happen or having to do that kind of thing. I mean, like, like children that would report their parents to, like, yeah. the, the SS, you right, know, yeah. because they weren't being loyal enough. Right, yeah. You know? Like, there's a, there's a genuine worry from your own children yeah. That something's going to go wrong. That's like that's super crazy and intense, and like it, it's it's really you know it's dramatic without being overblown. I think that's very real. Yeah, I think that. Uh, so I watched this movie, I think a couple Christmases ago, just at home, and we were just checking out it was on like Apple TV with my mom, and I was just watched this uh, Ewan McGregor movie called Our Kind of Traitor, um, which was about this dude who's on vacation in some country and just through happenstance gets invited to, like, this, like, Russian mobster's, like, daughter's wedding or whatever. And he basically says, like, listen, I don't try... I can't trust anybody. They're going to try and kill me. I have a bunch of, like, proof 
uh, on this like USB stick about their money laundering. It looks like global money laundering thing. But if I give it to any of my other people, they're they're moving against me. They'll get killed. So he gets brought into this thing where he like he just kind of threw his hands up and goes, "I don't want to do that." And the mobster's like, "You have to fucking do it. I'm a mobster. I'll kill you if you don't do it." So he kind of got thrust into this world that he had no interest in being a part of. So he takes the USB stick, crosses the border back into America or England. I think probably England. Um, and he gives it to the authorities, and then it's like, okay, you can't just give us this. You are now involved. You have to go to the interview room and tell us where you got it and tell us about the guy and, like, explain to me what's on the stick. And then, you know, the Russian mobster comes in and, you know, says, I'm only going to deal with you and McGregor's character, McGregor's character, because he's the only one I trust. And he just continues to get kind of, not blackmailed, but, like, caught up in a thing that he had no interest in being a part of at all in the beginning. So the idea that someone could come to... Uh, your booth in the show, whether he's a guard or so maybe, you know, the guard's like, hey, like, I'm going to duck out for 20 minutes, just watch, here's 20 bucks, just watch, just tell everyone I'm still here. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, go, you know, get laid or whatever. And he comes, like, while he's gone, some shit goes down, and now you are kind of on the line for this lie that you covered for this one person. It sort of blows up into this much larger thing that you didn't want to get involved in, but now you are super culpable in uh, because of a decision that you made early on. I think it's really interesting, the idea that you just you're not making a, de- a decision to like betray the country or whatever. It starts off with some small little thing. Someone asked you to do a favor and now you're just involved in a way that you do- you just cannot extricate yourself from it. Yeah. And that's kind of stuff that could blow up pretty easily. I think, you know, there's a, there's a difficult decision to make about turning that guy in. You just on. do it. And it's just know, the it's story. Like, ends there. There. <laughs> well, all the pressures on, it, but all the pressures on him to do it. And like, it feels like there's an episode, a whole episode about, it starts with that and then ends with them turning him in or or not doing it mm. and what the repercussions of that are you know I feel like that's that's the kind of thing that um, you know drama great drama is made of is, is being able to sort of you know put somebody up against a, a very difficult like there's if this is a guy like a bull guard you know it's, it's very easy to see why you, you he wouldn't want to do it just Paul Blart if it's a likable <laughs> Paul Blart esque mall cop, Gary uh, Blart, Blart Kevin James doing a Russian accent. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that kind of thing feels like you know th- that there's a kind of difficult decision you would have to make for to put yourself or your ideals up first. You, you, you know, it feels like a lot of the show would sort of be about what you value more you know some people will die for their ideals uh, rather than you know betray a friend and some people will not um yeah it's interesting because on a similar path to that like two examples I thought of two examples for that might work as sort of maps for for our character um naked old ladies yeah whoa um have you map Thanks. Have you seen The Wire, Harrison? Oh, yes, I've seen The Wire. Okay, cool. Oh, I, didn't, well, I didn't want to spoil it. I was going to mention Wire spoilers, everyone. Uh, yeah, oh, I, well, I've definitely watched it and wanted to bring it up earlier in the podcast, and I'm like, that's stupid, I shouldn't bring that up. No, I think it's a really good show that, like, really does a lot with um, the people and doesn't just rely on quote-unquote action. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just, There's like, no lazy stereotypes that I can really remember. Yeah, well, one of my favorite characters ever on TV is in season two. It's a character, Frank Sabatka. I don't mm. know if you remember him, but he was... At the, first, the beginning of the season, like, you just... I think everybody hated him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, he's just, like, this crooked, like, dock worker who's just involved with the mafia. And I, and I don't remember the specifics, but, like, as the season goes on, like, he just... He has this... You know, he's, he's compromised a lot in his life, but then, like, the... 
you know, the organized crime starts to, like, tighten the noose and, and get closer, and then, like, he start, starts to compromise things he just won't be compromised. And by the end of the season, he dies, but he's fighting to hold on to the things that keep it, keep him allowing to live the way he lives, if that makes sense. Like, he's he, he's compromised enough, and it's not, and it's not like a... It's not like a falling down, like, this is my last straw kind of way. He's just, like, it just is such a low, slow kind of burn. And by the end of the season, like, when he dies, like, I was just so heartbreaking. And I remember in, like, less than ten episodes, like, I was like, I fucking hated this guy ten episodes ago. And now... It's that same... It's that idea that, you know, uh, people have more going on than you can see. And I think that this, this especially, when you have to keep what's going on with you hidden you know, makes it so that exposing that is much more, um, it, it, you know, crushing or much more impactful to the people who finally see the crack in the veneer, you know, it's, um, this is a society of people who basically act a certain way because it's expected of them all the time. And then any, anything beyond that, anything different, anything below that surface feels interesting you know, but it also feels dangerous, things. right? Yeah. To like, like in in the wire, what's really great is he can still have that character can still have like heartfelt conversations with people around him that he trusts about like, listen, I don't want you, my son, or whatever, to get involved in his life. And he has his, his like fuck up son Ziggy, who just keeps wanting to be a badass and just keeps fucking it up and like making his like making Frank's life more difficult because he's trying to sort of go straight and not compromise on certain things. Um, and I think that you can get a similar but different feeling from the Papers, Please show, which is I want to tell my co-workers about this thing I did, or my family about this thing I did, but, like, I can't even express fear or doubt or uncertainty about my government or, you know, I let this guy... I like a specific thing that is against the rules but shouldn't be, and I believe strongly, I have certain beliefs that I, you know... Anything that is, as you said, John, different or goes against the sort of, like, the, the grain of the party... Uh, is is like you could just get shot in the back of the head for that, you know, be thrown in a ditch. Um, so the idea that you would, like the main character would want to express himself to someone that he really trusts, and that having that like blow up, and this person was like, "Sorry, man, like I had to turn you in because otherwise I'd get like I didn't want to do it. We are friends, but someone found out about it, and I had to turn you in or I had to tell, say something because it's my ass in the line, and I have a family to take care of, so I can't, you know." Uh, and then feeling that sort of betrayal and that sort of loss is a really interesting, you know, a whole episode could be could be said about that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I was thinking about District Nine too. It's a similar. I mean, maybe this is just a similar aliens model. And, yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, like it. South Africa. Well, the idea being that, like, we haven't we talked a little bit about this guy being our main character being potentially somebody you like, and then makes a comp- compromising decision at the front of the season but there's also the other side of the coin which could be interesting is like especially in a in a in a dystopia such as this like what if there's the guy who is the pawn and, and you, when you meet him at the beginning of the story he's a you don't really like him you know what I mean like that's, that's what happened with uh what's his name Vicus Vicus oh yeah in, in uh, District 9 like he's a piece of shit he's like beating up the aliens and, like, just totally, like, destroying... He's getting off on the power that the, yeah. the, 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 the government suit and, gives him. You and know. then all of a sudden he, you know, circumstances change and he becomes in there, you know, he starts to mirror their circumstance and becomes a victim of the very power that he was once mm. involved with. Um, 
I think it's just another path to get the character down. And I just, I don't know what's the better one. They both seem appealing, but I just wanted to offer that because we're kind of talking about what if we liked our guy? I think it was both, both ways is a way to go, even if it's not the main character. Like, the idea that there is someone who is fully all about, you know, someone above him, maybe his boss or something, and he starts out just fucking shitty and loves stomping on people and like he gets off on that power and then something happens where you see the veneer crack and you see like he is a sad scared man underneath all of it and he's crying and like please don't tell like you catch him in the middle of something fucking wrong he's like please don't tell anyone please don't tell anyone like and you see that vic- like, not the victim but like he is a victim of the, the company you know, the company the country as well um, and maybe you over time do start to like that character and, and, and the main character in this this person starts to bond in, it in a way that maybe they have a shared secret, you know? That's exactly the kind of thing that happens in The Lives of Others. It's going to have to watch it. Yeah. It's a, um, I think it's a German movie. It definitely, it's been like 2007. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's really kind of slow and there's a lot of, um, you know, it's very, very, very subtle. But basically, the idea is that this guy eavesdrops on this other guy. He's, he's been told, take this guy down. I don't care what you have to do. And uh, by doing that, he kind of changes his mind about things, mm-hmm. you know, just by, by kind of listening in on these other people's lives and kind of getting a, another perspective on it. So I feel like there's a lot of, like, there's a lot of that. And again, going back to that facade cracking, it's like, this, this show, I feel like you could use to tell a lot of stories about the people in this person's life. You know, a lot of threads that are going on about, you know, you could have a Frank Sabaka kind of character. You could have somebody who kind of, um, like Vickis kind of character. Like, as people that these people know, you know. Um, I feel like it would be very interesting to kind of, you know, there, there are terminus points for those people and, and their stories, but... One of those people is going to get arrested. One of them is going to get killed. One of them is going to join the government and say, you know, uh, we're not friends anymore. You know what I mean? Like, there's right. a lot of like, there's a lot of like decisions that get made, like hard, hard point decisions that sort of drive. Uh, but I, th- I think you could see like all of that stuff through the lens of the main character, um, pretty easily. I, f- I feel like you could you could fold in this sort of ensemble stuff by just kind of like this is what it's doing to all these other people and that, that's how all that's how it this that stuff affects our family in this way you know um could you be within the family you know there's a lot there's a lot of ways you could go with it but so you keep the you keep the main character and family pretty clean it sounds well, like no but it, I, th- I think you could have them you know like we were talking earlier the kids are starting to get in some shit um some Nazi junior Nazi shit or you have like uh, you know, there, there's su- there's such a, a horrible thing that can happen with paranoia. I think where you know I can imagine there being a situation where you you get home from work and you tell your wife things you shouldn't have told her, and then she says to somebody else, and now she's in trouble. You know, um, or you could play that character in a way where you know she she does keep all the secrets and she knows them all, and then she gets arrested on another for another reason, and he's sort of starts to wonder because it's been so long if she's going to crack and give away anything he said you know I feel like there's a lot of like just there's a lot of ways you could t- play it that would they're all dramatic and they're all interesting you know the paranoia ratcheting up over a season or over the length of the show um, in that way that Breaking Bad does it where he, he has to scramble to solve problems that 
either exist or don't exist, but he sort of goes, he kind of like, just goes off the deep end in certain times and just becomes a, a I mean, we, I don't know if we'd want our character to become evil the way that, that, that Walter White becomes evil, but that idea of paranoia making you do irrational things and fear things that aren't real, um, and it just, if they're just changing you as a person, uh, is really, really interesting. I think that a slow burn, and that leads to a thing I was going to mention earlier, or a question I was going to pose was, was, do you feel like this would be a 30 minute show or an hour show? Um, per it's episode, yeah, I, I, was, I was going to say an hour because I feel like the, the burn needs to be slow. The, the pacing on this show seems like it would be pretty slow and explosive for a, a few moments of action, and then sort of back down to that sort of like slow paranoia grind. Yeah, it's more of a character drama, I think, um, and all all of the tension and all the drama comes out of you know what people what what people want and what the government wants of people. Just pushing and pulling, mm. and it's it's. I think it's a. I think it'd be a challenge when you're talking about Breaking Bad, and I was thinking about that similarly because there was a lot of really good paranoia in there, just in terms of hiding from the DA and hiding from Gus and all that. But I think one thing that's hard with this, that, but could also make it really good, is the minute the minute there's a confrontation directly from the government towards our main character, is the minute the show's over. Do you know what I mean? Because like. It's the whole thing is going to be predicated, I think, on the paranoia and then not knowing. Yeah. And I think that that's going to be hard. There's going to be a challenge to that. But, like, you don't want to have... The minute that they, they sit him down in an interrogation room is the minute the show's not worth... Well, there's, like, a... Control. I feel like there's, like, if you if you do the arc of this, the show correctly, in my opinion, there's, like, a season two episode where that happens, but it ends up to be false alarm. Yeah, yeah. And then in season four, it's real. That's yeah, what I mean. He, he thinks know. that he's really caught out, he, he and gets, they're just checking, and then they clear him. Yeah. yeah. But you he can see how scary it is. You know, you can see that, and then... But, yeah, just that, that, that kind of thing, where it's, like, you know, we... It culminates with that, and, and uh, much like 1984, I feel like 1984 ultimately... You know, is about the system breaking a man. Uh, the you know that that free will. It's very dark. Yeah, you know, it's not going to hold well, up. He breaks himself story. more than sure. But I, I just mean that you know it. Just yeah, the idea that the idea that that person is was not suited to live that life. You know, like he's he he's he's weak enough. Uh, weak is quotation like marks. Soft hearted enough, but right? but you know he the, he values things that um, get him get him killed. Um, basically, he does die, right? I can't remember. I haven't read him in a long time. I think he gets, gets mind melted. Or yeah, he just yeah. gets like at the end, he's saying, All hail, big brother. Yeah, that's right. That's like, right. He's not, yeah, sorry. Yeah, he just gets brainwashed. Yeah, I think literally, I think he might time. even get like, um, like lobotomized or something. That um, is Brazil. Yeah, it, it, I, yeah, it basically ends with him, uh, spoilers from 1984, just saying like the, the things that the government's been trying to get him to say all this time. Yeah. Like they, they break him in the There's a breaking 101. Point. Yeah. yeah. Right, even though he doesn't want to, they, his life becomes such that he, it's easier for him to say that than to keep fighting against it, basically. Yeah, yeah it's, exactly. It just succumbs. So uh, my question would be then uh, would we have an episode where at some point he. Uh, and his family pack up and try and leave, and they go to another country, and they, he experiences their border guards. He goes to America, <laughs> yeah. and their border guards in America are like, let me see your papers, and then <laughs> the episode ends there. Yeah. No, I mean, there is something to the idea that, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of ways you could end it. I feel like um, it could end in a very sour note with that sort of 1984-esque kind of, uh, they, they're broken by the system. Um or you could end in a more hopeful way. Like I would say, you would even just have them. 
pack it, like you would end the series with him like packing to go and then not know if they ever made it. Yeah. You know? I think it, I mean, there's a lot of steps in between here. Yeah. But I think like what would be really interesting and the thing I found most powerful about playing the game was how not quickly, but how I was eventually able to become much stricter. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So, like, there, like at, the, at the end of the series, like he's lost potentially his whole family, and all he's got left is the mm. is the, and he becomes one of the most hardest. Like, you know, he's older at this point. He becomes much more conservative. He's like one of the more hard fisted guys in the entire regime because he's, you know, and he doesn't know all of his information. The, 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 the honesty or the veracity of all the information he gets, but there's a couple times, like, maybe one of the terrorists takes out his son when he thinks his son is, like, going to fold or something. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, he's just lost so much that it's just easier to, to come to the system, and it's not in a brainwash way. It's out of complete necessity and having lost it. every other avenue. I got it. He he thinks his daughter is dead, and then <laughs> she comes through the passport station he finally lets her through. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> when he realizes that, like, the paperwork and her, like, the passport don't match. Yeah. And he just says, approved anyway. And then it looks like she's gonna get caught. And then he, like, runs out. And he's like, no! No, and no. And they all kill him. And then no, they no, shoot no. him in a slow machine gun. No, yeah, no. Exactly. To be true to the game, what happens is, the paperwork is wrong, and he stamps approved, and she walks off, and then a little pink slip gets yeah. printed, and you get a little citation, and it ends on that. Yeah. But he, it's, it's the last amount of money he had left. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. 25 rubles or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. I, I mean, to me, that kind of ending—not the one you were talking about. That—that's like, that's great. Yeah, that's the, yeah. What are you talking about? But I, to me, like this kind of story too. I think that so many people. One thing I love about Breaking Bad is that it just took somebody and turned them into. They made like such a human bad decision. Like it, you could justify it, and then they just went further and further down that spiral. And I, and I, I, I mean, it's completely personal bias, bias, but I love what take, I love stories that take people in places they don't want to, they take characters in places that the people watching it don't admit they'd want to go. Right. But it's a really a clear trajectory how they got or there. Or people don't you know admit I mean? that they would probably make the same mistakes or decisions given the same situations. Right. Like, is Walter White that much weaker and worse a man than any but, of us? Well, I think that the Walter White analogy is that that character was sort of in, he was already predisposed to it, so going down that pathway meant that he, you know, that guy specifically made those decisions, and that was fascinating to watch, because that, that specific guy uh, you know, was kind of again, you know, predisposed to it. Like you can kind of see that in his personality from the very beginning of the show, that he's kind of very controlling and, and um, you know, it's there, but it's like teased out by all this yeah. power that he gets. But it, but it's so many people share some of his quality, personal traits, if not all. You know, I just maybe I'm completely. We all have a dark sh- I'm shadow. Cynical, yeah. that can be pulled out given the right circumstances. It sounds cynical and pessimistic, but there's a reason the whole country of people got behind Nazi Germany. You know what I mean? It's like it's just yeah, fear. Yeah, well, <laughs> fear, and then also just like and racism. <laughs> but but it's and, not that simple. And being though, destitute. You know what I mean? No, I know. It's like listen. Let's start with history real quick. We have so many minutes left in the show. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of factors. It's it, and it's the same reason. You know, there's similar sentiments going on in our country, and that's all I'll say. So it doesn't get political. But you know, it's it's people bend people people bend in directions you don't think they're going to consider it with certain circumstances. Considering, yeah, circumstances. Considering fear. Yeah. Considering. You know what they have to lose. You know, you're like 
I just think that's more interesting ground to tread than, than you know, either the happy ending or the completely cynical ending of where this TV show would go. Well, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I would imagine a lot of it would would, would be gray. Like, I, I can't see, you know, I think the drama comes out of what the specific characters do again, rather than what is right to do. Yeah. Like, we would never do. We would never say judge the characters. The characters would never be judged on the show. It would just be. They would never know. be judged by the show. Yeah, they can yeah. be judged by people other people. Would judge them, yeah. but we would not judge them making the show. It would just sort of be like what are, you know, a lot of interesting scenarios to portray um, dramatically, mm-hmm. and, and just putting those up and just not saying what is right or wrong, not leaning one way or the other, just making you you know think about it. Yeah, much like the game makes you think about whether you're going to let somebody through. If you want to the scan games. them and see their naked bodies, yeah, yeah, that's what this show is going to be about for me. Sexy. I'm going to push for the naked, naked bodies. bodies. Just yeah. old. Well, it's like it's going to be on Showtime or HBO, right? So we can just get some. just get to tits just all over the place. Yeah. Just like full on, just wang. Just let's just get it all in there. Yeah, this is a first shot. Yeah, absolutely. It's just the logo <laughs> papers, please, over a dick. Yeah. The dick flops out from behind it. Oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's like covering, the logo's covering with like the, the crotch, and then the dick just flops out. For some out. reason, the guy's <laughs> holding it up, and then we cue him, and he drops yeah. his dick in the frame. Yeah. Dick and balls. And it's a CG dick. Drops. Is it not a prosthetic? We have the budget for that? Well, it's a CG dick, and we do it at 3,000 frames per second slow motion, so it falls and breaks through the logo. Oh, nice. <laughs> it breaks through the logo. Yeah, it breaks the logo, and then it goes... <laughs> off to the sides. Papers, please. Nope. And that's the first line of the show, by the way. No, they have to say it at least one And he's like, where episode. are my papers? I'm fucking naked and my dick's yeah. out. <laughs> uh, they have to say it. They're contractually obligated to get it in once an episode. <laughs> yeah. Not the dick, papers, please. Or both, who knows? That sounds like a really good idea. Well, we we did it, everyone. Yeah. I mean, up until that last idea, I was, like, on the fence whether or not this was a good adaptation, but now I'm... The dick and balls just really pushed you into the yes camp. completely over. Slow motion CG dicks always makes everything better. Yeah. I mean, look at Game of Thrones. Do they have slow motion CG? Prove me wrong right now. Yeah. Yeah. You can't. Hold on, podcasters, while I... Someone listening to this podcast will know. Pause this recording. There, there are for sure wangs in Game of Thrones, for sure. I just don't remember seeing it. They're like oh, they're way off on their ratio. Don't get me wrong, but they're definitely in there. Yeah, there should be more. I agree, one hundred percent. Let's get some equality up here. Why are we talking about wangs so much? <laughs> Why are we using the word wang? <laughs> I set a tone by saying it once, and then we just kind of went with it. <laughs> 12-year-olds. This seems like a really good time to end the podcast. Yeah. I think before this would have been good, too. I think really quick we should all just <laughs> take our dicks out and then we'll sign off. I have, I've been out the whole time. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's the loudest fake dick noise. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for joining us in this weird nice podcast. Cover. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think, yeah, the show definitely, uh, jokes aside, I think the show has a lot of you know potential for really interesting character based storytelling and you know we could take it much darker or a little bit less you know the gray area is definitely flexible for that kind of thing um and it seems to match a lot of the tone of shows that are out there right now like the wire well the wire's old but like the americans like a lot of those shows that are sort of tense and they're thrillers in certain moments and you don't know what you know where people's loyalties lie and that kind of thing i think that it would definitely fit in very well with the sort of current lineup of television as it stands yeah so like every show, let's end this with saying, "All right, give us millions of dollars to make Papers, Please into a television show." Who would we? Who would direct it? Uh, we would Let's, direct it. Oh, all three of us. Great. Yeah. yeah. At the same time. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs>
direct episodes one, two, and three. We would just all each go talk to a character and in, an actor in the scene, and then they would get back and just like, we, uh, we all had different yeah, ideas. Yeah, yeah, we, we wouldn't have talked before that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, getting really bad flashbacks about making video games in general because it's just what that is all the time. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, we'll direct it, and it will be written by um, some it, schmuck. It would be Some a cool Strider, but it'll be us on the list of. This would be a show that'd be cool to like play with color palette. Yeah, I think it really. really cool. I thought the whole thing would be black and white. That's what I meant by color palette. Oh, shit. <laughs> no color palette. <clears throat> Grays, blues, reds. Nothing screams prestige television like <laughs> weird it's choices of color. Black and white. Why don't we also make it experimental and. Uh, and you know, just have, like, have a shot. We already did like, the inside just, show. Just half so. a face, and then most of the frame is empty on the other side. Just of it. really stark, weird, like noir lighting. Just really like harsh shadows, and yeah. except every, except for the red stuff. Everything red is in color. It's just Sin City. And to really hammer Shit. down like how this is, could be anybody, we'll just have the same actor play every part. Oh man, like is his name, can his name just be like John Everyman? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, hero protagonist. <laughs> God, that fucking name. Anyway, thanks for listening. Nah, we're not done. Okay. No, we're done. Bye. Hold on. Look. What? <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, if you have any feedback, you can follow us on Twitter at StoriedCast, or you can email us any feedback or any ideas for future shows at StoriedCast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Storied is Chris Robert, Harrison Pink, and Sean Ainsworth, and our music is composed by the amazing Jared Emerson Johnson. Thanks so much for listening.